So I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 1. I'm just going to look at two verses of scripture today from the New Living Translation, second edition, reads, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. That is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in heavenly place or in, a, in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. This same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in heavenly realms. I want to talk to you today from this thought, that same power. That same power. So today we remember God's intentionality toward us. Don't ever forget that. That the relationship that we have with the Lord Jesus Christ, God initiated that. He was the starter. He rolled up on us. Okay? It, it was God. You know, you say, okay, when y'all met, who said something first? You know how you ask, ask Mary, comes, who, who, who said something first? God said, I did. I hollered at you first because you didn't have enough sense to holler at me. <laughs> so he initiated this relationship, and he is and was intentional toward us. So we remember that on days like today. We also not only remember, but we celebrate. Listen, we celebrate today that we have won a victory that we did not have to fight for. That's pretty cool, huh? That's cool. I mean, think about the feeling that you have when you receive something that you didn't have to pay for. You know what I mean? Something like you get a great gift or, I mean, like today I bought, I bought Krispy Kremes for, for the setup team and everybody, the power team, and I got great coupons by any dozen. See, any says that I can buy the assorted that costs a little bit much, a little bit more, and get a glaze for free. So, you know, I've been thinking about this all week. I calculated it, how I'm going to do it, which one I'm going to use. I said, now, Megan, you use this one just in case they don't let me do it. So you use this one that says I can buy a dozen for $5.99, but this one right here, I can buy any that's assorted, the high end, and then get another dozen free. So I walked out of there today really happy that I was able to feed the power team with Krispy Kreme donuts for well under $20. Well under. And you know, when you, when you walk away from using a good coupon, you feel like, boy, I got me something. Amen. See, that's how we ought to feel today. Because we got victory. And the cool thing about victory, it doesn't run out. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. See, Landis is a, is a uh, coupon. Oh, is Landis, what I, did I see Landis? Landis is a couponer, and I said to Landis a few months ago, I said, hey, I need you to work your coupon and magic, because there's something in me that just can't figure this out. I can't work out this, this couponing thing. Uh, Mystique got it, too. They just got it, and you see these people on TV walking out of the store with a bunch of groceries, and the store owed them $5. It's just crazy. So I said, <laughs> so I said, I said hey, I need Tide Pods. 
I had a coupon one day, and they said you could use the liquid or the pod. I said, let me try the pods and see if they work. And I have fallen in love with Tide Pods. So I said to uh, Landis, I said, hey, if you run across this in your coupon and hook a brother up. And so she had run across and gave me about four or five bags of 16. And when I got home, I was happy, Mandela. I put them up on the, on the laundry room shelf. I was like, well, I got some. So then the container I had from the ones I bought, I just take them out of the bag and pour them in there. <laughs> and so I just be looking at them. Boy, I can wash a lot of clothes. <laughs> well, the other day, I came down to my last bag. And then there's certain loads that you have to use two Tide Pods for. I don't really like doing that. I told Megan, I said, hey, we use one pod around here. <laughs> One pod per load. <laughs> but there's some of them, though, that you need to use, too, so you can make sure they're not only clean, but that they smell fresh. But the thing that's working my nerves is that I'm coming to the end. Even though it was something that I did not pay for, I'm coming to the end of it. And when I process that in the light of a victory that I didn't have to fight for, that never ends, I get really excited. You got victory today and tomorrow. You don't hear what I'm saying. And whatever situation comes up in your life, you got, it's a victory. It's, it never ends. Every time I reach my hand into my pocket in need of victory, it's still there. Every time it does not end, and I didn't have to fight for it, much less die for it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So today we remember that we are recipients of a victory. That we did not die for so we celebrate we remember his intentionality we celebrate his victory we receive it all that we are victors but the thing that i always want to tell our church on easter sunday is that we have a responsibility that easter sunday is more than lamb chops and honey baked ham y'all hear what i'm saying it's more than Easter bunnies, and, you know, back in the day, it was Easter bonnets. Nowadays, you know, we newfangles, and we don't dress up for Easter. Don't try it. Somebody got something new in here on right now. <laughs> it may not be a three-piece suit, but you went and you picked up something, because it's just Easter. It's a tradition that we have passed down, and you know what? I appreciate the tradition. We're not dressed up, but, but we got new nails. <laughs> you got your hair pressed out. We got something new, and we've passed that tradition down. But I feel like that we've not passed the tradition down that when Easter comes, it is a time for the believer to press reset on our faith. You hear me? It's kind of like, like the Super Bowl. So we know the Super Bowl is the end of the NFL season. And ironically, this week is the week of the NFL draft. Well, Super Bowl Sunday for Christians is Easter Sunday. And Easter Sunday doesn't mark the end of our season, but it actually starts the, end, the beginning of a new calendar year for the believer. And ironically, like it is NFL, NFL Draft Week, today should be Soul Draft Week. Amen. This is the week that you should have been telling all your friends that go to church nowhere, you need to meet me. We're going to have some fun, and then we can go get something to eat. That's what you see. Some of us hadn't passed that tradition down yet. So we told them to meet us after church. Oh, I can't get no talk right there. I'm going I'm to look right down here in my water bottle and say, water bottle? We got people in here with friends that they say they love, but they really don't. Because their friends probably could end up and go to hell and never experience heaven. 
because they'd rather eat with them than worship with them. I'm going to just drink some while I'm here. We have a responsibility. And today is the day that we should be responding to what God has done through Jesus Christ on our behalf. Remember this, God made him, Jesus, who was not acquainted with sin in the least bit, to become sin. Not that he could get righteous so that we could be righteous. You know what I'm saying? He, he did not hold sin. He became it. Which means on the cross, God doesn't look on sin. He changes the sinner. Christ had to go through a season where his rescue was put on hold so sin could be fulfilled in his life. For us. Now, now, if you get angry with your child because of the stuff that they don't do in light of what you have done, come on, you know, how, you know what we say? All this stuff I do for you around here, you don't want to do any of this for me? I buy you french fries and you don't want to give me one? You know how offended we get as parents? When I have done for you and you don't want to do anything around the house or you don't want to do anything for me, I have bought you all this and spent all this money for it and make sure you're safe and you can't even get me a card for Mother's Day? You know how you feel, Mama, Daddy? How do you think God feels when he put his only one? Made him become what he had no relationship with just so you could have relationship with God and then you spit on him and live another way. Yeah. So today we have a responsibility. And so our responsibility, I believe, every Easter is to recommit. Okay? So, okay, Pastor, how do we recommit? Suppose, suppose, Pastor, I have not done some crazy stuff, or suppose I repent every day and I tell the Lord every day, I wake up and say, it's my life. I give it back to you. How do I recommit? I'm glad you asked. The way we recommit, listen, is that we go deeper. The challenge I have with many of us walking this walk is that we keep walking on the same level. And so as long as we have fire insurance, as long as I confess Jesus as my savior and I'm going to go to heaven and I'm not going to go to hell, I, I agree with that. I'm down with that theology. But there is a deeper place that God wants us to go to. And so as Easter rolls around every year, we should commit over the next 12 months. From Easter to Easter, I'm going deeper than I did last year. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to fast more. I'm going to read the scriptures more. I'm going to dig in and ask for revelation even more. I'm going to be nicer to people who I know can't stand me. 
I'm not going to say anything when I feel like I'm justified in doing so. That's going deeper. Y'all hear what I'm saying? That's going deeper. That's going deeper when we say, God, I'm willing to suffer for you. Because we feel like suffering is like having cancer. Let me tell you something. Suffering is not cussing somebody out when you know you got a right to. Lord, I'm getting ready. So I'm going to bite my tongue so hard that I'm going to have a tooth mark right in the middle of it because I'm just, you just don't know how bad. You understand what I'm saying? The text called that, calls that suffering for righteousness sake. See, this is the next 12 months where we need to say, I want to live more righteous. I want to be more upstanding. I want to try to have a straight-up relationship with God in front of the people and when ain't nobody around. Oh, look how y'all looking at me. Because we save when people around. Oh, oh I, praise the Lord. How you doing? Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. You know, all the little cute sayings that we say, we can say that, but when ain't nobody around. When you're talking to your friend that you grew up with, who really knows the real you? You know, they're your cussing friends. It's your cussing friends that you cuss with because when you cuss, they don't look at you crazy because they cuss us. Okay, I'm going to let it ride. I'm going to let it ride. So I believe that we need to go deeper. So listen, in our text today, in Ephesians chapter 1, we read um, 1, 19 and 20, but we actually pick up on uh, the letter that... Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, and he says what he's really saying to them is that I need y'all to go deeper. That's what Paul is writing this letter. And not only does he start out by commending them, but he not only commends them, but he goes into a prayer for them that they grow deeper, listen, in spiritual wisdom. And see, that's some of our challenge. We're not spiritually mature. We think because we can do it, we should. We think that we should seize the moment because we see a moment. And spiritually wise people, spiritually mature people understand that I can't seize every moment because the outcome of that moment may not work well for the kingdom. (laughs) So he's praying for them, and he says to them, I need y'all to go deeper and to be wiser spiritually. As Paul prayed for them, so I preach to you today that on this Resurrection Sunday, my prayer for you is that you go deeper. So we'll pick up here in verse we, we read for you 19 and 20, but in, first, in verse 15, Paul encourages them, and he says to them, uh, he commends them for their faith and their love. Two characteristics of a good church is faith in Jesus Christ and love for all God's people. That's two maturing factors for a good church. You, got, you may not have a full church, but if you got a good church, you got a good church because they got faith in Jesus and that they love God's people. 
Then he goes on in verse 16, and he says to them, now listen, ever since I've heard of your faith in God and your love for the people, I have prayed for you consistently. In verse 17, he says, I'm praying that you will have spiritual wisdom and insight and that you will grow in the knowledge of God. Listen, you should be growing in the knowledge of God. If what you know is parallel to what you've known, you're not growing in the knowledge of God. You should be knowing more about him. You should be reading more. You should be listening more. God should be revealing himself. So you should be uh, more perceptive than you've ever been so that you'll understand that God is revealing himself in every way. I was at Fly's uh, function the other night, the benefit concert, and he had a fantastic high school jazz band out in the foyer. And so as we were setting up some stuff, they were warming up. And while they were warming up, it was straight chaos. Every horn, clarinet, guy on the keyboard, the drummer, everybody was just doing their own thing. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> but after a few minutes, the director stood in front of them. And although everybody was doing what he or she needed to prepare for the time of playing, when he stood in front of them, there was a discipline about them that they stopped doing what they were doing individually because it was time for them to do what they needed to do collectively. They were the best high school jazz band I have ever heard. Tones were great. Air support, wonderful. They were fantastic. And when they played together, I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the fact that God revealed to me, listen to the noise, and now listen to the music. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because as you grow into the knowledge of God, God will show you what is noise in your life right now. If you submit to his instruction, can soon go from a cacophony to a symphony. See, we keep thinking, this is how you got to grow deeper in God and be more mature, having more spiritual wisdom, because we feel like the elements of our lives that's not working together right now, that God needs to give us new elements. No. No, 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 no. When Jesus was in the boat asleep with his disciples and they were in the storm, he got up out of the boat and they were freaking out, come and wake up Jesus. Hey, 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 don't you care that we're about to die? The Bible says he gets up, says nothing to them. He does not change any of, the, uh, any of the elements in the wind or on the water. He just gets up to say, peace be still. Because spiritual wisdom says that although my life is a mess right now, I got everything I need to live in peace. See, that's why you keep buying stuff because you don't realize you got everything you need. <laughs> that new coat ain't gonna help you live peaceably. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? Changing your hair color or your nail length. Come on, buying a new car, bro, ain't gonna help your life be any better. You just need to understand and go deeper in God to understand that I have everything I need to be at peace. He comes up and tells the storm, peace be still, because storms are only peace out of order. He said, peace, I know. And he turns around with them and says, hey, what's wrong with y'all? <laughs> that's, my, that's my translation. Hey, man, what's wrong with y'all? First of all, I'm asleep. 
I don't get too, I don't get much sleep. <laughs> anyway, let me go. So he says, I want y'all to be, I want y'all to grow deeper. So he says that to them. And then in verse 18 is, it kind of leads us to where we're going. He starts praying for them that the eyes of their understanding be enlightened so that they could understand more about God. That's my prayer for us, that our eyes are open so we can see God in everything and know more about him as we move through life. Because I do believe this. I believe God is always speaking. I believe God is always speaking. And, and, and for us sometimes... Sometimes we're quite in tune. Other times, it's just like this band. We cut it on and we cut it off. It depends on what we want to hear him say. <laughs> Come on. You start hearing God saying that, you know you was wrong for saying that to your wife. You just cut them off. Because <laughs> you don't want to hear that. You come to church, and I'm, I'm preaching wisdom right in your wheelhouse, and you just tune me out because you don't want to hear that because you know you're accountable to what you hear. You're accountable to what you know. And Paul says, I, my prayer is that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. So then we come to verse, verses 19 and 20, where I'd like for us to kind of hang out today. And what Paul says to them is something that I want us to hear. Paul says, I pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us or toward us who believe him. Now, Paul is saying some heavy stuff because what he's saying is there is an access that we have to power that God intentionally wants to give us that we often go around without ever tapping into. It, it, it's kind of like, like the website that they have that they say, if you think the IRS owes you money, or what is it called, those, those websites that go unclaimed money. You know Georgia has an unclaimed money thing. Any state you've ever lived in has one, and you need to go and just put your name in every once in a while because you might find out that you have access to something that you've been needing but didn't know existed for you. There are people on there that have found thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars that was theirs, but they just didn't know it was theirs. And I know, I get you, I get you. You can say, well, you know what? You can't miss what you've never had, Pastor. I mean, if I got a million dollars laying around somewhere, you know what? It's cool because my life is good the way it is. You ought to stop lying to yourself. <laughs> you ought to stop lying. You're trying to be deep at a level you don't need to be deep at. Be deep and type your name in that list and find out. That's deep. Now go deep. <laughs> so, I mean, really, think about it. If you had funds that was yours, I mean, think about this now. This is funds, in some instances, funds that the IRS says, you don't need to owe us anything out of this. All these funds are yours because we already took ours. We just couldn't find you to give you yours. Right. Think about it. If you knew that there was another level of living that could be afforded to you, all you had to do was put your name in the box. Wouldn't you go get it? Who wouldn't? I don't care how wealthy you are. 
Yeah, everybody could use a little bit more, even if I use it to give it away. Y'all heard about the, uh, the Amazon dude's wife who got billions in a divorce? Because there's access to another level of living. And Paul says to them, I want to talk to you today about understanding that there is another level of living that you have access to. So Paul says this. He says, he says that um, God has a power that's afforded to believers. It's first he has to specify that you need to believe, okay? There is a power. Now, this word power is the word dunamis, all right? Dunamis, where we get this derivative of the word we use, dynamite, okay? So there is, now, we, we know that JJ used to say dynamite, and that was funny. But if you get real dynamite in your hand and light it, it'll change your life forever. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? If you just hold a dynamite. Because dynamite is so powerful that they use it to break mountains. Dynamite. I was watching uh, This Is Us. It was, the, it was the episode where the father, what's the father's name in the movie, in the show? Jack, Jack's brother, when he went up, he was, they was, they was in, the, uh, in the service. And remember when Jack's brother was out on the boat? And the little boy wanted to fish, and he was trying to catch fish. And Jack's brother said, I'll show you how to fish. And he lit a stick of dynamite, threw it in the water, and it, it exploded. And all the fish started coming up on the water. Because dynamite can change any situation. And Paul is saying that God has power that as, is as powerful as dynamite. As a matter of fact, the word dunamis means miraculous power. And Paul is saying to us, you can get that power because God wants to give it to you. I want you to hear this. Because I'd hate for you to come to Easter service and leave with nothing but a wristband. See, this, this is our problem, Mario. If we come to church every week, we give our lives to Christ, but don't allow Christ to give us all that he has. We get just a little bit. Because really, we realize the more I get from Christ, the more accountable I am to what I get. And I want to keep your gifts at bay. Because if you give me some gifts, then you're going to want me to give more time. If you give me some gifts, you're going to want me to give more money. Come on. If you give me some gifts, you're going to want me to live in a certain way. And so, so, so Jesus is walking around with a satchel full of gifts with our names on it. But we live limited lives because we don't understand what it is to live a full life. We pray for fullness, but we live limited. I want you to hear this now, because listen, we're learning some stuff together. As, as God was downloading this to me, he was telling me, bruh, you feel like 
you're doing good right now. And he says, son, I got power that the good you think you're doing, you don't even have to use your good if you live in my power. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I know you're brilliant and you're talented, but you don't even have to have your talent and your brilliantness if you live in his power. And this power I'm understanding now, Paul, it is afforded to me if I live at another level. I got to believe at another level. He qualifies this because this ain't just for everybody. It's just for the believers. And I'm learning more and more about God and his lines of boundaries that he draws. Because, see, we want to say God loves everybody and God wants everybody to do good. And I will tell you that there is a line that he draws in the sand. There are some blessings you get just because you're alive, but there are other blessings you get because you believe him. Y'all didn't get happy enough about that. So maybe you didn't understand what I said. That there is a line that God has drawn. I mean, we talked about it, I think it was last Sunday, when he says, at one time you were not a people, but now you are. He says, and I could have chosen from all the people of the world, but I've chosen you to be my special treasure. So they get something, but you get more. And see, we want to be so politically correct, we want to include everybody here. Well, when you start including God, including God says, nope, not you. Not you. We don't like that kind of talk. I know, I know, I know, because God so loved the world, he did, that he gave his only begotten son, yes, to the world, yes, but he's giving everlasting life not to the world, to those who believe. And see, you keep trying to include people that God says, I'm not including them. And he's okay. Because he's extended a worldwide invitation, but only a few has chosen to receive it. And so then don't, don't act like you get called into the room when you've not received my invitation. I asked you to RSVP and you didn't. You can't come. It ain't like your cousin's wedding that you show up to even though you didn't RSVP because they have built in some extra plates for you at the reception. God don't work that way. We don't like that kind of stuff. We don't, we don't like that. And you know, your cousins try to get brand new on you. Be like, you know what? If they don't say, they can't come. If they, if they don't send it back, they can't come. And I'm not doing that. But then you show up anyway. And because you showed up with a gift, they let you eat. And God says, gifts and callings come without repentance. So you can't come to my house with a gift and think you're going to get in because I gave everybody gifts. To those who believe. Come on now. You can't sing a gospel song and get into heaven just because it's a gospel song. Gosh, I feel like preaching real good today. But my time is gone, so I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it go. Okay. So, (laughs) we got access to those who believe. I I think this belief thing is really important because the word belief is the word pistiu. Um, which is where we get the word pistis for faith. And it's the word that says, not only do I trust you, but I entrust you. Okay? It is one thing for me to trust you, Edge. It's another thing for me to give you my iPad, something valuable. And now I have entrusted you 
with something valuable to me. And see, this is what God, this is what we do to God. We trust that God is God, but we don't entrust him by giving him our stuff. <laughs> and see, that's why we don't access the power, because we just trust. But this text says that you have to entrust. Because when you give him your life, he exchanges, gives you some collateral. See, your life becomes collateral when you give it to him and he gives you power. So then you got to entrust him with your life. So now Paul goes on to say, now I want to make sure you understand, because this is the part I like about this. He says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power, his dunamis, toward us who entrust him. Here's what he says. This is the same power. Now he wants you to understand that I'm about to give you an example of this power. It's the same power. It's not part B power. Okay? It's not a, a we would call it, we call it in, uh, when we do audio engineering, audio stuff, we call it dedicated power. So like, like back here right now, we got one side that handles the power for the sound. There is another side that handles the power for the lights. And Vince says, we don't want to put them on the same line because the line, the lights carry this buzz. And if we put them on the same line, this buzz that helps the lights, that's for the lights, will end up coming through the sound. And I don't want you to hear what you're not supposed to hear. So we separate the power, and it's called dedicated power. Paul is saying to you, there is no separate power. He says, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. <laughs> Y'all don't get this. Y'all don't get this. But when I tell you when I got it, I was like, oh my God. The same power, listen, that was dispensed over 2,000 years ago got you up today and brought you in here today. That same power back then is the same power he's going to use. It's not diluted. It's not smaller. It's not weak. It's not faded. It's the same power that touched Jesus. He says, I want to give it to you. And many of us have Jesus, but we don't have his power. And he says, I want to give you the same power that I woke Jesus up with. So here's the thing I need you to understand about this same power. Y'all ready? Look at your name and say the same power. Here's the thing. The text says, Paul goes on to say that it is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. So in other words, what you need to know about the same power is that number one, it brings new life. So when Paul starts talking about this power that raises Jesus from the dead, in other words, he's saying he is giving us power that gave Jesus life. He's given it to us. Yeah, but pastor, we're already alive. Not really. Not at the level that Jesus is alive. So he wants to give you new life today. So what happens is it's called new life. When we start looking at new life, new life in the Greek means a new vigor. He wants to revitalize your junk. 
Y'all see, some of y'all still ain't get it because y'all just came to church. But there's a few people in the room that came to really get something that's going to change. God wants to revitalize your life. That means when you wake up every day, there is a power afforded to you that makes every day new in more of a sense than you only know. He wants you to live a new, revitalized, invigorated life. He wants to give you a new life, which means you can't keep living in a depression when new life is afforded to you. Yeah, yesterday was good, but today it can be better because new life today. He wants to revitalize your life. Aren't you tired of the mundane? He wants to give you new life now. Now. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that God affords to you today. It is the same incredible power, he says, that God has toward you to make it new. You don't have to keep living a drab, mundane life. You need to wake up and say, thank you, Lord, because I got new life now. You need to speak to that relationship and say, I got new life now. You can speak to your bank account and say, I got new life now. And let me tell you something. Can I tell you something? When you understand life at a different level, you start responding to it differently. See, that's some of our problem. We keep living in the dead. God wants you to live in the new life now. And when you live in the new life now, it happens every day. Yeah, but I don't have a job. But you still can have new life now. Because listen, when God brings new life now, it's not contingent upon what you don't have. Really, it does give you more energy to get more. New life now. I was unemployed yesterday, but I don't have to be now. Tell somebody, new life now. Okay, I got to go. I got to go. This same power brings you new life. Here's that number two. I love this one. Number two says that that same power cancels the plans of your enemy. Think about this. Think about this now. The enemy had a plan to kill Jesus. Everybody, Satan and everybody that worked for Satan in this plan was mad at the end of the third day. Because watch, in the plan of God, Jesus had to die. But in the plan of man, he was supposed to stay dead. <laughs> Y'all hear what I'm saying? And what I'm understanding with this is that it could be in the plan of God for me to die, but because of God's power toward me, I ain't going to stay dead. Come on. I might die, but it ain't going to kill me. Y'all not going to hear what I'm saying. You may be in a season of your life where you have lost some stuff. You have lost some sleep. You have shed some tears. You have lost some friends. But even in this season, you ain't going to die. It may lay, it, you listen, you may die, but it ain't going to kill you. Look at your neighbor and say, it ain't going to kill me. Because here's the truth. The truth of the matter is, is that Jesus died, but it didn't kill him. 
He just died. There is two different worlds you got to understand that the power of God allows stuff to come into your life. It breaks your heart. Sometimes you're downtrodden and heavy laden, but the Holy Spirit comes around and says to you, it's okay. You can die, but it ain't going to kill you because some stuff needs to die in your life. And when you lay it down, God says, I'll resurrect it because what makes you die ain't going to kill you. Look at somebody say, it ain't going to kill you. It ain't going to kill you. How do you know it ain't going to kill you, Pastor? Because no weapon formed against you shall prosper. If it killed you, it would be prospering. But God is saying that nothing that happens in your life will prosper. Unless a seed falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But God says it's okay for it to die, but I ain't going to let it kill you. That's the power that you got going on in your life. You're going through some hard times. You lost a job and you might have lost your house, but it ain't going to kill you. Because God says, I ain't going to let it kill you. I ain't going to let it kill you. Oh, I hear him. I hear him. I hear him. I ain't going to let it kill you. My plan is that some stuff in you dies. But at the end of the day, I'm going to raise you up. And when I raise you up, everybody that said you wasn't going to be nothing, they're going to see that you're not just something, but you're more than something. Because now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all. Come on, lay your hand on your chest and say, it ain't going to kill me. I might die, but it ain't going to kill me. Come on. Because God got a power that cancels death and brings life even though something died can you imagine jesus being in the tomb waking up in a dead place oh it changed his view because when he came out of the tomb and saw mary he said to mary why are you looking for the living among the dead you're not hearing what i'm saying because you're looking for stuff that died. I'm telling you, I died, but it didn't kill me. There's a power that God wants for you that's going to frustrate your enemy. Do you know how many people were mad? Because Jesus was alive? They were even madder that they didn't kill him. Listen, listen, I say this every year at offering time on this day, that they paid people to say that the disciples stole his body. Yeah, when the security guards went back to, to the people and said, hey, hey, uh, you know, this Jesus guy, there might be something to him. What are you talking about? He ain't in there. He ain't in there. I love it. Because if you read the text, they say uh, one gospel translation will tell you that when they go in there, they see a handkerchief that was laid in the place where he was. The text says it was folded. Now, if you know anything about dining, when you eat and you need to go to the restroom, if you're done, you don't fold your napkin, you just throw it in your plate. But if you're coming back, you fold your napkin and you lay it on the side. 
So when they go in there and they see that his body is not here, they don't see the napkin thrown, they see it folded. Because they want, he wants us to know that I died, but you didn't kill me. Come on, man, I'm trying to talk to somebody. Somebody in here, been, you've been thinking about throwing in the towel, and I want to encourage you and tell you, don't throw it in, just fold it. Because God is going to give you a comeback in such a way that the enemy is going to be mad at you. They're going to be mad because you got more book sales. They're going to be mad because you got more likes. They're going to be mad because they're going to see you on platforms everywhere because they tried to kill you. But no weapon. No weapon. I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. So listen. So the text says, the same power. There Raised Jesus from the dead. So we see that this power gives life. It cancels the plan of the enemy. But I got to go back here and deal with that raised Jesus. Raised Jesus. Because Jesus was dead, but he was raised. But not only did it raise him from the dead, if you keep reading, it goes on to say that, and now... This power seated him at the right hand of God in the heavenly. So watch. So what happens now that this power, this power not only brings life, this power not only cancels the plan of the enemy, but this, 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 this power gives us this positional truth that says where I was, I no longer am, but I'm in a better position. So here's what you got to understand, that this same power raises you to a better position. Look at your neighbor and say, I raise you one. Because what God wants to do in your life with this power is to bring you to a new level. You can't keep looking and living in the same place. Everybody in the room, if you believe, gets the opportunity to get a raise. I hear you, but I don't have a job. I've been working at the same job for 15 years. I've been trying to get a raise, and they keep overlooking me, Pastor. Let them overlook you. Receive the power, because if you receive the power, you get a raise. God says that I have a power that takes you to a new position, and it gives you the position of honor. Watch. And when God takes you to a position of honor, people see you differently. Something about you. It's something about you. I don't, I don't know what it is. Maybe you just have one of those faces. No, it's honor. God has brought me to a position of honor. And that's something about me that you can't put your hand on. It's because I'm out of reach. Because he has put me in a place that you can't bring me down. No matter what you say to me, what you try, you can't bring me down. You can put my junk on the internet. You can write emails about me. You can text our friends. Whatever works, you can't bring me down. Because I have received the power that has raised me to a new position. Look at your neighbor and say, you get a raise. You get a raise. You get a raise. Come, come here, Oprah. You get a raise. And you get a raise. And you get a raise. Only if you receive the power, you get a You don't have to keep living at the level you're living in because there is a power afforded to you. Yeah, but I don't feel good in my body. You don't have to feel at the place you feel right now. You can go to the next place because there is a miraculous power that you got access to. The same power. That's why I love God. I love him because he don't water down stuff. He don't say, I'm going to give Jesus the best and I'll give them what's left over. He says, no, 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 no. Because of who you are to me, 
This is your elder brother. You get the same power that he gets. And that same power handled life, handled people, and handled position. My question to you is that are you going to keep living at the level you're living in now? Or the level you're living on right now? Or will you receive that power to go to the next place? See, some of us got esteem issues because we don't understand the power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some of us care about what people think about us because we don't understand the power. Some of us live defeated, broke down, sick, unhealthy lives because we don't receive the power. And I'm telling you today that there is power at a deeper level. Listen, listen. The power company has this phone number that says, call before you dig. Y'all ever seen it? On the thing that says, call before you dig. And if you listen today, if you call in and you listen to their little blurb, they'll tell you this number is not just for big excavation companies or big construction companies. It's for the do-it-yourselfer in the backyard because they understand that if you dig at the right place, you will hit power that could kill you. And I want to tell y'all today that God says I want you to dig at a deeper level because there is a power line that I want you to hit that will change your life forever. But this kind of power ain't surface. Jesus had to die to be infused with it. Oh, y'all not hearing what I'm saying. See, we want power to live, but this is power that comes after you die. Wait, 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 what? What? This is power that we see introduced after Jesus dies. Because when Jesus died and rose again, he rose again with a new business model. Remember, when he died, his disciples said, he, he was with his disciples, he said, y'all follow me. Do what I do. Operate with me. When he died, and God sent the power to make him live again. When he got out of the grave, he says to Mary, don't touch me just yet because I have not gone to my father and you can't handle the glory that's on me right now. <laughs> he says, so, so there, there, is, there is a life, look, that has to be exchanged for this level of power. You can't have the old life and then it be infused with new life. Old life got to die. So new life is totally new. Y'all hear what I'm saying? So Jesus, through the plan of God, dies. Receives this power that says, it's no longer you with me. But now it's me in you. Whole new business model. So where Jesus could only touch a few at a time in his natural state. He says, when he came out of the grave, he says, no, I'm going to infuse my life into all of y'all. 
And now I'm going to touch hundreds and thousands and millions more because for all who receive me receive this power and we can affect everybody's life. Because listen, Jesus is not a religion. He's a movement. He's a movement. And today is the day that you got to be willing to make the exchange. You can get all the life you need right now. At this moment, he's offering it to you. That you could get this new power that brings new life, that cancels out the plan of the enemy. Listen, the more I studied this, the more I read this, the more I saw the pictures of it in my mind. I said, Lord, I ain't been hitting on a tap of nothing. But all the gifts and talents I have, there is a power that I need him to turn up the volume on. And I realize, hear me, this is for a whole nother time, but what I'm realizing now, after every death in me, there's a new level of power. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know how much your heart has been broken. I don't know how many days you've thought about committing suicide. I don't know about the depression that reigns in your house or in your family. But what I know is this. If you let God let the stuff in you die, you got access now to new power. Let me tell you something. It is so, it's, it's a feeling to have all access. So Flydenham gave me a badge the other night. They had all access. And because my badge said all access, everywhere I went in that performing arts center, even the policemen moved. They looked at my badge and they just stepped right to the side. In other words, sir, with that badge, there is no place you can't go. So I went back there to the food table, see what they had. Walk back up to the front. <laughs> because I had all access. Listen, there's some places you've been wanting to get to. God says, I got the power that gives you all access. See, listen, when you understand this power, this power rests on your resume. <laughs> this power rests when your name comes up in conversations in the office. You don't have to be there for the power to rest. God says when you get this power, it goes before you. That stuff that hinders everybody else. And people think, well, you got so much, you got, you got so much talent. It just gets you everywhere. This don't have nothing to do with talent. This has everything to do with the favor of God on my life and the power of God in my life because he wants me into spaces that I ain't got enough sense to knock on those doors on my own. So power goes and knocks on doors for me and say, hey, you need to be in here. I'll be thinking, me? I don't belong in here. I would have never knocked on this door because I know I don't belong in here. And God says, that's why my power goes before you. My power knocks on doors for you because you don't know where you should belong. It's the power of me. It, the same power that got Jesus out of the grave is going to get you through doors that you thought you could never get through. That same power. Let's stand.
Anybody in the room want to receive that power today? That same power? Would you lift your hands right where you are? Here's the thing, though. You got to tell the Lord, whatever needs to die, I'm willing for it to die so you can resurrect me at a whole different level. There's some people who are plotting and planning against me, but with this power, it cancels every plan of the enemy. This power gives me life at a new level. Honor and position. Come on, open your mouth and receive that power. Talk to the Lord right now about it. See, this is the first thing you got to do is come out of yourself and talk to God no matter who's around you. Man, forget them. They got to get their own power. But there is something today that God wants you to have at a level you've never had it before. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask that as we release the areas of our lives that you want to die, as we lay them up on the altar, as we put that stuff on the cross, I ask God that you would give us the same power that got Jesus out of the grave. Lord, make Easter alive in us every day. Not just in April or May or whenever it comes on the calendar, but make it alive every day in us. Come on, you tell the Lord, I receive it. I receive it. I receive. Release your power in here today. Let it fall on us, Lord. Release it and let it fall. Release it and let it fall. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Release your power. Come on, open your heart to him today. I believe the Lord is infusing something. He's, re he's, in, he's in infusing something in your life right now. Listen, don't let this word come to you. Everything could change right now at this moment. Everything can change. This could be the thing that you've been waiting for, the tipping point that takes you to the next place. You keep saying, Lord, I know I'm almost there. What is it that's keeping me? It's this power that you need. Power. Come here, singers. Y'all come on out here sing this. Listen. One of the decorations that they had at that thing the other day was a column of balloons and this big balloon at the top. So Fly said to the lady that made it, made it, get with him. This is my pastor. He got an eye for this stuff. Put it wherever he says. So we put them in a certain place. Well, there were three big balloons. One was close to the band that I was just telling you about. Just close. What's amazing is, before the show started, the biggest balloon popped simply because of the vibration of the band. Nobody was near it, nothing touched it, no pin, no hot light, but it, the vibration was too much for the latex to withstand and it said, I give up. What I'm telling you about the power that God wants to give to you today is that when you just stand near problems, the problem will say, I give up. When you just get close to it, I'm standing there watching the thing absolutely amazed. 
Because ain't but so much vibration, ain't but so much energy a thing can stand. And there is an energy that God wants to release today. If you want it, you don't have to have it. I ain't going to force it, force it on you. But if you want it, I just want you to lift those hands about half man. I want you to open your heart. Talk to the Lord in your heart about it. 